Welcome to Inspiration from American History with Rebecca Price Janney. Today's story is called From Here to Eternity. It makes sense that people die in their 60s of cancer. Sad, but understandable. When Jackie Kennedy passed away in May 1994, Americans were especially sad because they had come to love and admire her. Senator Edward Kennedy's office issued a statement saying Jackie was part of our family and part of our hearts for 40 wonderful and unforgettable years, and she will never really leave us. The funeral at her Manhattan church emphasized the Roman Catholic understanding of gaining heaven through Jesus Christ. While it was sad that she died at a relatively young age by today's standards, it was not tragic. There was the usual extensive news coverage of her life and death, but it was nothing compared to the outpouring of grief that followed the tragic events of a midsummer evening five years later. On July 16, 1999, 38-year-old John F. Kennedy Jr., his wife of three years, and her sister set out in a Piper Saratoga from New Jersey to attend the wedding of his cousin Rory on Cape Cod. They never arrived. Kennedy lost control of the aircraft, which plummeted into the ocean. Initially, news reports conveyed hope that they might be rescued. It seemed too terrible to believe that yet another heart-rending death would hound the Kennedy family. But when their bodies were recovered from the sea, a national torrent of emotion followed, very much like what happened when Princess Diana died two years earlier. A popular television show at the time of JFK Jr.'s death played into American society's universalistic inclinations. In Touched by an Angel, three heavenly messengers assisted people during especially trying or critical times. Andrew was the angel of death, whose job it was to escort the dying to heaven. There was a tacit assumption that any decent person would go there, because God is loving toward everyone he has created. Back in the 1950s, Anne Morrow Lindbergh observed in her Gift from the Sea that in an earlier era, people weren't as burdened by what happened in places removed from their own experience because they didn't know about them. In the 50s, however, which seemed so quiescent compared to today's continual bombardment of information, Americans were joined much more to a global community and thus connected to tragedies that were unrelated to them. How much more is this the case now with our high-speed communication, when people barely catch up with one event or trend before the next one begins? Americans are participant bystanders who end up grieving over people they've never met, but with whom they feel an association. 
Regarding the JFK Jr. death, Kevin Morita concluded, Public death has become one of the binding American experiences, giving strangers something to talk about in a culture in which individuals are increasingly distanced. People often say about those who died, he's gone to a better place, or she is always with me, or he's up there looking down on us. Overwhelmingly, Americans believe that with few exceptions, everyone goes to heaven. A small number say there is no such place. Countless people from various cultural backgrounds and religious traditions are in agreement about this. There are several reasons. With mass communication reaching into virtually every home, Americans have conformed to a common language and viewpoint. In addition, trends stretching back over the past several decades have eroded biblical orthodoxy about the afterlife. Public education at all levels trains Americans not to judge other people. Since there is no concept of sin, there can be no wrong to be punished. The culture plays into the natural state of rebellion that exists toward God's precepts, especially that Jesus is the only way to be united with him here and in the life to come. Americans place a high value on emotion and sentiment now. Therefore, they take what society gives them, mix it with a memory of their own faith traditions, then syncretize it with whatever teaching offers the most satisfaction or the best feelings. Columnist Ellen Goodman cited a study by the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life in which 35,000 Americans shared their religious experiences. The conclusion showed 44% of Americans do not belong to the same religious institution in which they were raised, says Goodman, The researchers describe a vibrant marketplace where individuals pick and choose religions that meet their needs. They surf their options. A prevailing American observation about dead loved ones and celebrities is, first of all, that they are in heaven, then that they are up there looking down on us or are in some way present. In addition, some believe the dead are able to intervene on behalf of others or to let us know that they aren't gone forever, a fundamental human need that transcends time and cultures. While this provides reassurance to those who have lost someone special, is there any reliable basis for believing it? And how did Americans arrive at that idea in the first place? Pat Robertson, founder and chairman of the Christian Broadcasting Network, thinks it represents a Hollywood version of the afterlife. He said, I can't put my finger on it, but there have been several movie plots, usually humorous in nature, that have people who are deceased and are hanging around and looking down, and we've adopted a Hollywood view of it. Although the entertainment industry and Christianity are often at odds, there actually is something in the church's tradition that has also played a part in this image of heaven. 
The Apostles' Creed, whose origins stretch back to the early centuries of Christianity, affirms there is a communion of saints. A saint is simply one who has been saved by Jesus Christ and sanctified or made holy by his death on the cross. Consequently, there are living saints and dead saints. The Roman Catholic Church encourages its people to pray to dead saints, to intervene in their lives, and or seek God's particular favor about some situation. It maintains that all believers are linked together in Christ, whether they are dead or alive, and that those who are dead have a closer relationship with God. Protestants maintain, however, that while there is a spiritual link in Christ between all the faithful, dead, and living, it doesn't extend to their actually communicating with each other. They also believe that people should pray to God alone. Others point to certain Bible passages to support the idea that the dead in Christ are somehow aware of the living and possibly able to assist them. Randy Alcorn says, The Bible makes evident heaven's inhabitants see to some extent what's happening on earth. He cites Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Alcorn says this alludes to Greek athletic contests in which fans watch their heroes while seated high up in stadiums. The imagery suggests those saints, the spiritual athletes of old, now watch and cheer us on from the great stadium of heaven that looks down on the field of earth. The deceased witnesses in Hebrews 12.2, however, are not witnessing what is happening to their loved ones. Instead, what they are actually witnessing is to the Lord Jesus Christ. According to Pastor Christopher Sutton, it occurs to me that if people in heaven could see us down here on earth, it would not be heaven for them. To look down and see the vices of mankind would cause a pure heart to weep and experience sorrow. Revelation 21.4 tells us that in heaven there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. In short, I do not believe that the saints in heaven are watching us. They are surely preoccupied with Jesus and their glorious home. The prevailing idea in our culture that people in heaven can see and influence what is happening on earth provides reassurance, however false, that they are still somehow linked with their loved ones who are still alive. However, the Bible emphasizes that those who go to heaven are now part of a new order of things and that the old order has passed away. For example, Jesus said that there would be no marriage in heaven. That is part of the old order. With all tears and pain and loss behind them, heaven's citizens no longer have consciousness of what is happening on earth. Rather, their focus is on the Lord Jesus. Believers in him go to heaven to serve him and to see his face, and they will reign with him forever.
the beloved in Christ go to heaven so that they might live with him and be united with him. When Martha grieved over the death of her brother Lazarus, she shared her hope with Jesus that Lazarus would live again in the resurrection, not that she would be with him again some day. Then Jesus told her that he was the resurrection, that he was the life. Those who are in him will never die. That is the believer's blessed hope. When loved ones share that hope, they are forever linked in Christ. American society is oriented toward emotion and relativism, both of which lead people outside the Christian faith, as well as increasing numbers within it to believe that all good and sincere people go to heaven. Most people believe they are good because they do whatever is right in their own eyes. Since no one is supposed to have the authority to say what is right and wrong, people are left to define those categories for themselves. Pat Robertson says, I think we have developed a culture of feeling good and nobody ever gets told that they're not living up to a standard. It's in the economy, the workplace, schools. In our society, there just doesn't seem to be consequences for people's actions. We talk a lot about rewards, but not punishments. Most Americans have been loosened from the biblical moorings of their ancestors regarding afterlife beliefs and are picking and choosing from the leftovers whatever suits their emotional needs. They are content to believe that just about everyone goes to heaven, without asking whether they are basing that conviction on anything reliable. They don't want to hear that they might be mistaken, and they aren't especially eager to delve into the subject of hell. God's eternal truth, however, presses upon us in spite of public opinion, and choices must be made. Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Thank you for joining me for Inspiration from American History. I'm Rebecca Price Janney.